Take your Bibles, turn to the uh, first book in the New Testament, the book of Matthew. It's there. We're going to uh, read some words that uh, all of us that's been in church uh, any length of time, we've certainly uh, heard these words before. Uh, Out of Matthew 5, we're going to begin in just a few moments uh, reading at uh, verse uh, 13, and then uh, we are going to read uh, down to verse uh, 16. Uh, and I want to put a tag on this message this morning, just simply to uh, that we need to pour the salt and we need to turn on the light. You know, in all of my years of ministry, in all of my years of calling, I've never been more concerned than I am today. I've never been more concerned than I am today. I'm, I'm, I'm not fearful. Uh, I'm not ashamed. Uh, I'm not scared. But I'm very concerned with where we set this morning uh, in this world. And I, I want you to know today that uh, I believe, and I, I don't have any special insights any more than you do, but uh, I, I believe today that universally, not just our church, but universally, if there was a message that Jesus would want preached, if, if, if there was a message today that I believe that all messengers, all preachers ought to lock in and ought to be preaching uh, in their pulpits, it would definitely come uh, from this Mark 5, verses 13 through 16, uh, scriptures, because I, I, I believe today that uh, we need to be locked in uh, on what it is that Jesus would want us to be locked in on. Now, I certainly believe that there would be a John the Baptist, and uh, certainly he would say to repent uh, for the time of the Lord is at hand. There's probably many other good Old Testament texts and, and certainly some great uh, New Testament messages uh, that Jesus would would preach and say to us, but I, I I believe right up there with any message that if Jesus had a message for this 21st century, if Jesus had a message for us in the month of June 2023, if he was to get before church today and he would have a message for us, this isn't some sermonette, this isn't some series a preacher put together, but I believe that this would be a message that Jesus would have for us. It would be these words. Uh, that we are about to read this morning. Some of us can remember back in the uh, old school days, the uh, Peanuts cartoons, uh, Charlie Brown and Peppermint Patty and Lucy and Snoopy and all those guys. But uh, there's this Peanuts cartoon and it shows Peppermint Patty. She's talking to Charlie Brown as so often that she did. And she said, guess what, Chuck? The first day of school and I got sent to the principal's office. She said, it's all your fault, Chuck. He said, my fault? How can it be my fault? Why do you say everything is my fault? She said, you're my friend, aren't you, Chuck? You should have been a better influence on me. (laughs) While Peppermint Patty was seeking to pass the buck, she was in a very real sense right. We should be a good influence on this world. God has called us to be a good influence on this world. A Presbyterian preacher by the name of Dr. John Getty, he went to these islands off the coast of Australia in 1848, and he worked there for over 24 years. And on his tombstone erected to his memorial, these words are inscribed. It said that when John Getty landed in 1848, there were no Christians. There were no Christians at all on the island. When he left in 1872, there were no heathen. You see, God unleashed his power. He unleashed his ability 
to be an influence on that island. If you were to look up Webster's influence is the ability of a person to compel others to think, to compel others to feel or to behave in a specific manner. Jesus gave us, he gave us the great commission. He gave us the challenge. He gave us the report that you and I are to influence our world to which we live in. But today, many of us sit here, brothers and sisters, we, we, we sit here this morning and, and many of us don't know uh, when it happened. We just know it happened. We can't tell the minute that it happened. We can't tell the hour that it happened. We can't tell the day that it happened. We just know that it happened. We don't know whether it happened last month, whether it happened six months ago. All we know is it happened. We're not sure of the day that it happened. We're not sure of the week that it happened. We're not sure of the month that it happened. All we know is it just happened. We're not sure of the season it happened. We're not sure of how it happened. We're not sure of when it happened. We're not sure of why it happened. All we know is it just simply happened. And what happened is somewhere along the way, the world has seemed to take over. I said seem to take over. And somewhere along the way, the church of Jesus Christ that should be mighty in power, that should be rising up, that should have an influence on our government, that should have an influence on our community and upon our society, somewhere along the lines, we're no longer the influencers that God intends for us to be. Who would have dreamed in this world to which we're living and it ain't been that long ago that, that states would have to put up laws to literally tell us what marriage is to be. Who would have dreamed in this decade that we would be in a world where churches are under assault from the government? That the government now has a glimpse or a view that they somehow raise our children. Who would have ever thought in this decade that the mere mention of Christmas would somehow be reduced to simply happy holidays? And if that's not bad enough, even within the body of Christ, membership across all mainline denominations are decreasing. They are in decline. Baptisms are shrinking. And attendance on Sunday in the church of Jesus Christ is dropping as well. What has happened to the church? What has happened to the Christians? Where, where are we at in our world to which we find ourselves living today? Today, we need to understand more than ever that, friends, we are under attack. And I believe that if Christ was to speak, if he was to come to a church today, some churches, he, you wouldn't even find him in them. But, but if he was to come to the church, I'm certainly sure that he would give us this word of admonition. That he would give us this word of challenge. That he would give us this word today. That we're about to stand and read. So let's stand this morning in honor of God's word. Out of Matthew 5. And we're going to begin reading at verse 13. This is the inspired Word of God. In this Word is the power to change lives. I like the way you sound. Matthew 5, beginning with verse 13. 
My old pastor used to say, if it's in the red, you can hang your stockings on it. I believe that you can hang your stockings on the letters in black as well. But let me just tell you, the words in the red we know are from Jesus. So we need to pay attention even more. It says in verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth. He says, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? If it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out, to be trodden under the foot of man. He says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do man light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let us pray. Father God, this morning we just simply pause and we come before your throne. Lord, today we don't have to be great discerners. We don't have to be Bible thumpers. We don't have to be highly educated to understand that we are living in a world that is growing darker by the minute. We live in a world today, Lord, that perhaps we no longer have the influence that we used to have. And Father, for these next few moments, Lord, I pray that I could decrease in some way so that you could increase, that, Lord, we would not merely hear some study. Lord, we don't need to hear a study today. We don't need to hear a sermon about you, but, Lord, we need to hear a word from you. And Lord, today, if there's somebody here lost in need of you, Lord, that today could be a day they could be saved. And Lord, today, somehow, some way, others of us today could be challenged as we leave here. And we could understand the importance of the mission. We could understand the importance of the challenge. And Lord, we could understand the importance of the concern. And Lord, we'll give you all credit and glory. And it's in your powerful, mighty name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, I want you to think about for just a moment uh, to who it is that Jesus is addressing. It wasn't a gathering of the United Nations. It, it wasn't the Congress. It wasn't a parliament or even some assembly at City Hall. It was a crowd on a hill. It was a crowd on a hill on a tiny spot of land called Palestine. And it was a group of common people living common lives. They're under occupation. They could not make their own laws. They couldn't do what they wanted to do. They couldn't plan for their futures. They couldn't determine their outcomes of what they wanted to be. Yet Jesus on this tiny hill, on this tiny spot in Palestine is talking to his believers. And he's saying to them that ye are the salt and that you are the light. And he's given them this challenge. Friends, today we need to understand more than ever that we are to be the salt of the earth and that you and I are to be the light of this world. 
We're living in a time that perhaps many of us never thought that we would be living in. We're living in a day today that I, I, I believe today that, that what takes place on the Lord's Day, unfortunately, a lot of places is a lot of churches that sit around and salt the salted. It's all about salting the salted. It's about gathering together and somehow, some way, they just simply salt the salted. There isn't nobody there that needs Jesus. They just simply talk about how good their life groups are. They talk about how good the worship is. They talk about how great the preacher is. But there's no in-depth reaching people for Jesus. If you ever find yourself, you may not agree with me, but if you ever find yourself in a church that doesn't go out of its way to reach people for Jesus, the only reason why we woke up this morning, the only reason why we are on this earth this morning is to make a difference in somebody's life to win somebody to Jesus Christ. We are the only organization in the entire world that does not benefit ourselves. We're not here to benefit ourselves, but we are here for the benefit of others. We're here to make a difference in a world. We, we are here to be influencers for Christ Jesus. But yet we are living in a world today that is very darkened. We're living in a world today that is rotting. We're living in a world today that is very much in decay. And we need to remember that we need to pour on the salt and we need to turn on the light. And the first way we do that is we got to shake the salt on a decaying world. We need to know, church, today that our world is decaying. It almost breaks my heart. It almost breaks my heart when I, when, I, when I look at our world. We need to understand that salt is a, is a miracle substance. It is a chemically composed of sodium and chloride. If you were to pour a little bit of hydrochloric acid on your hand, it would literally just simply burn it away. Drink hydrochloric acid and you're out of here. You're out of here. But when you put and you add sodium to hydrochloride, you have this thing called salt, which is one of the most common useful substances on the planet Earth. The worst thing that a Christian can lose today is not their health, it's not their wealth, it's not their job, it's not even their family. The worst thing a Christian can lose today is their testimony because... Because when you lose your testimony, your salt loses its seasoning. And today, when we sometimes look at the church, we see more of the world in the church than we see the church in the world. And it ought to not be like that. You see, Jesus called us to be salt. Jesus called us to be salt. And salt is a preserver. Salt preserves things. Jesus called his people to be salt. He says that you are a preservative in this world that is rotting and decaying. I mean, that you need to be who it is that I've called you to be. Prior to the days of refrigeration, the only way that meat could be kept, it had to be salted. Back in the old times, they would call those things curing. The salt would keep it from rotting and it would keep it from corruption. And that's why Jesus says that you, he says that you are the salt of the earth. It's you that are going to keep the world from rotting. It's you that are going to keep the world from decaying. 
Listen, the only thing that is keeping our world from even decaying more than it is right now is the salty church. The only thing that is keeping us going is the salty church. The only reason why today our world has not literally fallen apart is simply because the church of Jesus Christ is still alive on the planet. And if it wasn't for Christians, friends, our world would literally destroy itself probably in just a moment. Think about some of the corruptness, and we don't have time, but listen... We see all sorts of corruptness today rotting and decay in our land. Just look at our music over the last 50 years. It used to be that Dick Clark's American Bandstand. Dick Clark was American Bandstand, what's considered the music of rebellion. How many of y'all were around back then? I know some of y'all was. You remember that? Listen, the music we're faced with today would make Dick Clark seem like a Sunday school teacher. Listen, you look at television, a cuss word brought people up in arms at the end of Gone with the Wind. Can you remember that? Today, our cartoons, mom and dad, in case you haven't checked it out, our cartoons have cussing today. Listen, everywhere you look, we're living in a world today that is literally rotting and decaying. Humanism and evolution say we're getting better and better, but I believe that we're getting worse and worse. I believe that our country is spiraling out of near control. And one of the reasons is because the salt is no longer preserving what it needs to be preserving. We're living in a world today where we are seeing things that we would have never seen before. We're seeing people get by with things that they would have never got by with before. We need to understand today, church, that we need to shake the salt on this decaying world before it's too late because the only thing in the end that's going to matter is that a man or woman has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, this past week I was, I was amazed at how, how caught up everybody was with the ocean gate, kind of the submarine thing. You, you, you know, there's lots of news articles, lots of TV things, lots of, lots of videos being produced online and on YouTube. And what even fascinated me more was, was, was the five people that were in that submarine. Five people in there. The one guy who's driving, he, he's a multimillionaire. He's kind of the designer. He's the engineer. He's the creator. He's the pilot of this, of this submarine. And he, he's got millions of dollars. And he's a, probably a pretty smart man, but, but, but he's going to charge at a minimum 150000 But if not 250000 and I was watching this interview, I think it was on Friday or Saturday, and, and a father-son combination was going to go on the trip in 2022, but the weather was so bad that they literally set out this trip in 2023. So another father-son combination went on the trip. And then there was a billionaire that went on the trip, and then a multi-millionaire went on the trip. And I don't, I don't know the other guy's financial situation, but if you could pay one hundred dollars to $250,000 for a trip to go to the Titanic, you've got pretty good money, Amen. How many of y'all are scheduled in the next year to go on that? <laughs> well, through some of the research, they started talking about explosions. Explosions are things that happen from without, and we know how bad explosions are. But they say because of the depth of that submarine that it was not an explosion, it was an implosion. And an implosion is different than an explosion because an explosion just boom, but an implosion it is all just... And it doesn't even happen in a second. They say it was probably a millisecond. They say there wasn't even a second of thought. They're more than likely in a millisecond, those five people that had billions and millions of dollars, they were gone from the earth. 
Now listen, I said that to say this, friends. Today, I don't care if you've got billions or you've got millions. At the end of life, all of us are going to face this thing called judgment. And it's going to be maybe a millisecond for you. And you're going to be standing in the judgment of Almighty God. And you better understand personally that you better make sure that you have a relationship with Jesus. I, I don't know what the relationship was of any of those people that were on that submarine, but I'm going to tell you this, friends. The Bible tells us to take no thought for tomorrow because tomorrow has enough problem of its own. And let me just tell you what today, our world needs to understand that we need to get back to Jesus. And the thing that matters most today is Jesus, 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 Jesus. We don't need to worry about all these things that churches are worried about. We don't need no superhero preachers that are making millions and billions of dollars by selling books. But what we need is we need some hot preachers that will preach hell hot and preach preach heaven is the way and we need some preachers to get in the pulpit and say Jesus is the answer the church of Jesus Christ again needs to rise and we need to stop playing games and stop salting the salted but we need to salt a decaying dying rotten culture that needs Jesus again <laughs> friends we are living in a world that needs Jesus perhaps more now than it ever has and we sit around and we're just salt and salted, salt and salt. Praise God for our little picnic today. Praise God. I'm preaching this sermon. Let me just tell you what. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jeff makes fun of me sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not getting on him, but he says, man, every time I ask you what you're preaching, you're preaching Jesus. Let me just tell you what. I don't know anything else to preach. Amen? It's Jesus that changes lives. It's Jesus that saves souls. I mean, the church don't exist for us. We exist for others, friends. I mean, we're here for Jesus. I mean, luckily, the greatest thing our church did a long time ago is we knew that if we didn't bring them in, we'd have to go get them. So every once in a while, we have some madness and some craziness here, but we want to go get them. We want to compel them to come in. We want to do all that we possibly can do to reach people for Jesus because in the end, when you're on a submarine, whether you're diving to the Titanic or you're just living life walking across the street, in the end, the only thing that's going to matter is that you've had a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that's going to matter. You know, ever since I lost my son, I, I, I pay a lot of attention to, 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 to articles in, in the, uh, in, on the computer or, or, or the TV or, or the uh, um, whatever it is, radio, wh wherever it is. I'm always fascinated. And I'm always thinking, you know, does that person know the Lord as their Savior? You see, salt is a necessity, but our world is struggling from a famine of salt. During the dark days in Europe, due to glacier melting, the salt flats in Europe, which were at that point was the only source for salt, the salt flats got flooded and then there was no more salt at all. And at that point, the, the source for salt had kind of ran out. And the people began to dive dehydration because you need sodium in your system. Any of you all today that's been to the doctor, they, they always check your sodium. And I've visited people today that's been low on sodium or, or high on sodium. You, you, you have to have sodium in your system. Listen, now don't lose your mind and go home and eat a bunch of salt, okay? I don't want you to do that at all. That won't help out. But listen, in Europe, they got so desperate that the strong folks started to prey on the weak folks. And in this world to which we're living, I'm seeing the strong prey on the weak. I see in our civilization today that we are in a salt famine just like they were in Europe. 
The church has not been all that it should be. No salt, no sodium in the diet will lead you to the graveyard. The sodium in your system gives your cells the ability to absorb the nutrition. Listen, the only hope for our world today is a salty church to to simply rise up. But sometimes the church has grown so weak and it's without energy. And it doesn't matter the preaching. It doesn't matter the worship. It just can no longer absorb what it needs to absorb. It doesn't matter how good a, a choir may be or the teaching may be. Listen, listen, when we've lost our savor, when we've lost our flavor, we're no longer what God wants us to be. So we need to shake the salt on the decaying world. We need to shine the light on a darkened world. Some of you this morning got salt and some of you got light, but uh, we need to shine the light on a darkened world in verses 14 and 15. There's a poem that I've always loved. It said, one step won't take you very far. It says that you got to keep on walking. One word won't tell folks who you are. You got to keep on talking. One inch won't make you grow very tall. You simply got to keep on growing. One deed won't do it all. You got to just simply keep on doing it. You see, church, no matter how many barns are built, how much cattle is bought, how much land is cultivated, the farmer is a failure. They don't eventually bring in the harvest. You will never leave where you are until you decide where you'd rather be. You can, but the barns, they won't be built. You can buy them over the internet, but the, you won't build them outside. You can't feed cattle uh, over the internet. You've got to feed them through the machines outside. And you can only cultivate the land by being outside. And when you look at the life of Jesus, it's outside that he meets the woman at the well. It's outside that he heals the man with the withered hand. It's outside that he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. It's outside that he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, my, not my will, but thy will be done. The Bible said that when he was crucified, he was crucified between two thieves on a cross and, and, and not between two uh, candles in a cathedral. And that's outside. It was outside that he got up early on Sunday morning. It was later that he boarded a cloud heading for glory, and that's outside. And when he returns, the dead in Christ are going to rise to meet him in the air, and that's outside. Friends, if we don't begin to evangelize, we too are going to fossilize. Friends, we've got to be the light in a darkened world. A little boy was playing with a mongrel dog in the front yard. Do you all know what a mongrel dog is? It's a half-breed. Some of y'all got half-breeds. But it was a half-breed sooner. And a man came walking one day by, and he saw the boy playing with this mongrel half-breed sooner dog. And he said, hey, son, what kind of mutt is that? And the little boy indignantly said, he's a police dog. They said, a police dog? The man said, he doesn't look like a police dog. The boy said, well, you see, he's in the secret service. <laughs> Listen, we don't need any secret service Christians. We don't need no secret service Christians. We got to light our world because it's very dark. And we got to shake the salt on a decaying world. And let me give you this final little thought. 
In verse 16, we see it all come together. We got to share the truth with the dying world. You know, sometimes the truth is hard. Sometimes the truth is difficult. And I believe today that's one of the reasons why we're losing so much ground is because we're no longer having an influence on the culture. We live in a council culture today. They just simply counsel you if you don't agree with them. Can you imagine the church being like that? There was a time and there was a day and there was a period where, where when something went wrong in our land and our world, that people went to the church. They called upon preachers to come up to the, to the White House to pray for our country. They, they knew that there was division. They, they knew that there were problems. They knew that there were wars. They, they knew that there were difficulty. There was a time that the world sought out the church because they knew that the church had a street to Almighty God and that God would make a difference. You know, we're no longer living in that land. Sometimes older folks say, well, well why, what, what's going on in the church? Why has the church changed so much? Why, why ain't the church the same as it used to be? Let, let, me, let me just tell you, back in the 50s and 60s, you could have a bad preacher and you could have bad music and people would still show up for church. And you know why they showed up for church? Because it was just the right moral thing to do. It, 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 it was a good ethical thing to do. It, if you went to church, a businessman went to church because when he went to, to, to work on Monday, it was, it, was, it was just part of the culture. It was a part of the times. They didn't even care if the preacher. Today, people shop uh, preachers like they're at Publix or, 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 or Walmart or whatever it is. I mean, they shop teachers and they shop churches because, listen, listen, they're, they're, they're looking for something that they may not find. You can only find it in Jesus Christ. And listen, we're not in a day in a world where people go to church now for influence and just simply morality or ethics. Our world today will generally avoid church. So the only thing that we can offer them today is just simply Jesus. We've got enough superhero preachers. We've got enough superhero bands. We've got enough superhero activities and superhero programs but what we lack anymore is to be able to tell that crippled person to rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. We lack the power today in the church to see people saved every single week. We lack the power today of influence over people. And our churches sit around and salt to salt it. And they think they're doing good because they get to the end of the year. They met the budget again. Praise God. Or we did this or we did that. Listen, no matter how hard the truth is. We've got to share the truth with a dying world. And if you're salt and you're light, man will see your good works and they will glorify the Father. You see, the real mark of a saint is that they make it easier for others to believe in God. A Sunday school teacher was talking to his class one time and he said, here's a watch, what's it good for? They said, it tells time. He said, suppose that the watch doesn't work any longer and it doesn't tell time what's it good for. They said it's good for nothing. Then he took out a pencil and said, what's a pencil good for? They said, a pencil is good to write with. He said, suppose the pencil doesn't work anymore, doesn't write. What's it good for? They said, good for nothing. Then he took out a knife. He said, boys and girls, what, what's this knife good for? He said, the knife's good for cutting things. He said, suppose it didn't cut anything. What would it be good for? They said, good for nothing. The teacher then looked at the class. He looked at the class and, and he said, boys and girls, whatever else you do, if you do not glorify the God by the way you live and bring others to glorify God, then what are you good for? And the class responded, good for nothing. 
I heard a story one time about this duck that broke his wing during flight home one winter. And the farmer kept this duck and was raising this duck, and, and this duck kind of grew up with the children. And the first year, the duck went outside, and all these ducks, they were heading south for the winter. And the duck thought about it for a moment. He ran toward the ducks, but then he just kind of settled in. Second year, the same thing happened, but this year, the duck didn't pay it any attention. The third year, the duck didn't even notice that the other ducks were going south. And the reason why that was is that that duck, who was no longer doing what a duck would do, he had gotten so accustomed to being with those children and so accustomed to the farm and so accustomed to being at home, he just gave up and never did what ducks do again. Friends, today, I'm afraid today that a lot of church folks have given up. I believe that a lot of Christians today, we have given up. And we don't take the challenge seriously of being light in a darkened world, that being salt to a decaying world, and sharing the truth with a dying world. Friends, today, I could say it a thousand more times. The only thing in life that's going to matter in the end is whether or not you have Jesus. And if the church is the outlet mall, if the church is the epicenter for that to happen, then friends, we need to make sure that we are doing all that we possibly can to win people, to influence people, to come to know Jesus Christ. This morning, I, I, don't, I don't know who's here and who's not. I don't know who's saved and who's not, but one of these days we are going to see the end of time. One of these days, it's going to be our last day, whether it's Christ that comes in his return or one of these days you and I are going to have a last day. And I believe that if Jesus was to stand before a congregation today, maybe possibly, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, I'm not trying to be a gloom and doom today, but I'm going to tell you the reason why our world is rotting, the reason why our culture today is in the shape it's been, is quite possibly because we have lost our influence. We no longer take the stands that we used to take. We no longer proudly tell people we go to church. We got too many secret service Christians that we're incognito, undercover. Friends, we don't need to be undercover any longer. And I'm calling you today to rise up and be what God intends for you to be. And don't be about salt and assaulted. There's a lot of churches that just kind of need to start all over again. Because let me just tell you what, if all you do is salt assaulted each and every week, then you're a salt that's lost its savor. You're a salt that's lost its flavor because the salt is to go out there and cure and to make a difference and to be an influence on the world. Today, like never before, we need to be who God has called for us to be. And I'll just close with this. This is probably my second or third close. I didn't advertise the first one or two, but listen. You all know as well as I know, if you're sitting here this morning and you're a Christian, you know how desperate, how discouraging our world has become. When I seen my first grandbaby a couple weeks ago, 
within 10 minutes of that baby being born. And I, I, I know you've probably done the same thing that had a grandbaby born 10, 20 years ago. But I'm going to tell you what, this is not 10 or 20 years ago. We're at a rapid pace of spiraling downward in a depressed society. And I saw that little baby laying there, and I thought, if the Lord does tarry, I don't know if I'm going to live long enough to see her get married, or I don't know what her life and future is going to be, but I thought, what a world they're being born into. What a world. Where no longer we have the standards that used to be the standards. No longer do we have the balance that we used to have as balance. Today, everything can be from your own perspective, truth. And everything today is just kind of your opinion is my opinion. And look, I mean, I mean, it don't matter. Even the simplest things today that you and I would normally agree on. I saw it and you've seen it for the last few years. A, a lady was born uh, Caucasian. I mean, 150% Caucasian. Well, she's decided she's not Caucasian anymore. So she's now African-American. And she gets to be African-American. And somehow she sued her employer. I mean, you can be anything you want to be today. What a society we live in. Don't matter whether it's race or gender or whatever. I mean, I mean, it used to be there were just simply norms. Today, we no longer have any norms. Do y'all notice that? How many of y'all find this world crazy? You know what we should do? After church some Sunday, we should go up to Orlando and go to the mall and watch people for a little bit. <laughs> And then we'll come back here and do like a download. Because I'm going to tell you what, we live in an interesting world today. I love to watch people. People are fascinating. They're fascinating. I love to watch it. I mean, I, I, mean, I love, I mean, I mean, back in the day, I had red hair. I grew up home my whole life. People called me Carrot Top, made fun of me all the time. And I mean, it was bad growing up with red hair. I mean, I mean, it was just bad. Especially, I mean, nowadays, you know, if you're redhead, I mean, ooh, you're sexy and pretty and all this stuff. You know, I'm talking about the women, not the man. You're, the man are still ugly. But listen... Nowadays, I mean, people just do their hair. I mean, blue, green, gr I mean, and whatever. And listen, listen, I'm not down on any of that. Hey, do what you want, whatever floats your boat. As long as it's not sinful, hey, do, do whatever turns you on. But you know what? Some of you here that are older, I mean, you got to be thinking, man, we're living in a world of wild society. I put this belt on the other day, and this belt's kind of getting kind of weird, and, and sometimes they don't keep my pants up, and I, I can't stand for my pants. Like, like, if they start just dripping a little bit, I mean, it's a problem for me, but nowadays in society, there's people that like to wear them down on the calves. I'm like, what in the world? I don't want to walk, you know. Are you serious? That would be uncomfortable to me. That didn't make any sense to me. You know, like I say, I'm not down on that. Hey, as long as you're all covered up, you want to wear your pants on your calves, hey, do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not down on it. I'm not beating people up. I'm just saying we're living in a strange time, a strange world. I like my pants around my hip. You know what I'm saying? Under the gut. You know what I'm saying? That's where I wanted it. You know, but I see people. I mean, it's fine. I'll, I'll be at a stoplight, and I promise you, I see people walking across the road, and I go, that, there's no way that can be comfortable. I don't even know how you keep it up. And they, they're kind of like walking, spread a leg, and... <laughs> Look like they're getting ready to go on a rodeo or something. It's kind of crazy, but listen. Listen. We need to be salt to a decaying world. We need to be light to a dark world. And we need to share the truth with the dying world. And today, if you're here and you're lost and you need Jesus, this altar's open. Today, you need to accept Jesus. Let me just tell you what. I don't think any of us are going to go on the ocean gate down to the Titanic. But today, if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you never know when your day is going to be. You never know. 
you don't get, everybody don't get to 80 or 90. That's what some people think, but you know what? You don't get there. A lot of people don't get there. You better know, but you know, but you know. The one thing I know, you may know a lot more than me. You may be smarter than me. You may be able to speak better than me. You may know more English grammar than me. Praise God for you. Guess what? Don't matter to me because when you get to heaven, you ain't going to need all that stuff, okay? <laughs> ain't going to matter. But listen, you better understand this. If you ain't got Jesus, you have nothing. But if you do have Jesus, you have absolutely everything. In church today, if you've been smart enough to accept Jesus in this lifetime, you're there. You're there. Now God's got you in this world to be an influence. Let's stand this morning. Let's pray.